On Sky Sports Radio, time to review the weekend's racing with our stable of experts. He's pretty exciting, this guy. Streeting his rivals. Who impressed? Who didn't? Horses to follow. And have a look at the time. And your calls. Welcome to Punter's Postmortem. Really starting to go through his gears. Just continues to raise the bar. <laughs> Yeah, good morning and welcome to Punters Postmortem on this Monday, the 17th of October. Great to have your company. Big thanks to the boys on the Big Sports Breakfast. Uh, they'll be back tomorrow morning from 5.30. What a weekend it has been. It doesn't matter what racetrack you're at, whether you were there at Royal Ramwick on Saturday or whether you were down south at Caulfield or you might have been at another racetrack somewhere else. I'm sure you had a blast. The energy of the weekend on the punt with the racing and with the sport that we love was completely off the charts and can't wait for this carnival to continue on on the eastern seaboard. We've got a little bit of rain. It, I tell you what, you look at the uh, the radar today in Sydney, there's this big sort of blop just sitting over the coast, uh, away from the coast, not a not a drop, not a drop at all. So we'll see what happens um, with that moisture today. But I thought that track was uh, enormous at Ramwick on Saturday. And we'll chat with our panel very shortly. Ron Duffersey, Dean Lester, and, of course, Glenn Munsey. Before we get into that and then take your calls on 13.53.53, here's Nick Cunyak with today's scratchings. Good morning. Actually, actually, no, it's not Nick. It's Tanya. Good morning, Tanya. I could put on a deep voice, but I don't think I could pull it off. I'll have a crack. We have one casualty today, Dave Narromine. It's been postponed, the meeting, due to the state of the track. But we have Musselbrook, where the weather is fine. The track is a soft six. The rail is true, and there are 22 scratchings. The first race is at 1.15. Take out number four, remember Jack, number four. Race two, number six, Sammy Ballerina, number six. From race three, take out seven, Oakfield Tepe, number seven. Race four, number 10, Kiramiki. 11, Little Bit Yours, and the emergencies 16, 18, 19, and 20. 10, 11, 16, 18, 19, and 20. Race 5, number 10, Heavenly Scent. 13, Miss Teague. 16, 18, 19, and 20. 10, 13, and the emergencies 16, 18, 19, and 20. Out of race 6, number 1, The Difference. Number 1, out of the 7th, number 11, Kamikaze Kid. Emergencies 16 and 17. 11, 16, and 17. And from race 8, number 3, No Baby No. 6, British. And 11, Play My Song. 3, 6, and 11, Dave, from race 8 at Musselbrook. You're looking forward to getting up to the brook a little bit later on. Uh, we'll take Sky Thoroughbred Central coverage and we'll have a full preview after Punners Postmortem this morning. Well, before we get into our panel of guests, of course, of Ron Duffersey, Glenn Munsey and Dean Lester, let's recap a bit of Saturday's action. In front of the big crowd, what a star-studded lineup we've got. There's the light, the Everest of 2022. Everest Race Day. Nature's driven length in front. Private Eye. Giga kick. Giga kick down the outside. Wins the Everest. The unbeaten three-year-old's done it. That's been some win. Sky Sports Radio didn't miss a beat in bringing you every unbeatable moment of the Tab Everest. What a moment for this young trainer. Wow, how good's that? <laughs> He's a lovely horse and... Just to think that I've won an Everest at the age I am, it's amazing. It's just unreal to be able to come here and win an Everest. Every time you see these horses line up, it's a privilege for a rider to have a, a ride in this race. The Everest Spring Carnival continues Saturday on Sky Sports Radio.
Yeah, unbelievable it was on Saturday, and we'll go straight to Ron Duffersey. Ron, uh, you had a front row seat, mate. You were a part of that coverage with Greg Radley, Glenn Munsey, Ray Thomas was a part of it as well on Saturday, along with Ali Mosley. Um, for me personally, it was probably the best day I've ever had at a racetrack. Uh, not so much on the punt. He couldn't really find a winner. But the energy, I've never experienced anything like it. No, it's hard to disagree with that, uh, I must say. Um, there was chilling moments and, uh, on the day, more so the, the crowd that walks into a race course that we're not used to um, these days. And to see them all come through there, I was doubting we'd get to 40,000, but we did, and plus, plus, plus. And it was a, a, an amazing day, amazing. It, it, it's just hard to isolate the highlights because, you know, obviously it was giga kick um, to do what he did. And, uh, you know, it's like I said, the tongue's wagging to say, how did that happen? Um, it was an amazing, ballsy decision to take him in the first place. And mm. then for him to uh, perform like that, and the, the trainer is the story in his own right, um, the way he handled himself and and um, yeah, the, the press love him. Um, he, he, he said yes to everything they asked from him. He'd be a tired man this morning. And, um, yeah, I... W- what do you say? It was just a, an amazing day. Uh, more so than today. Lucky the races aren't on today. I've never seen rain like this. Yeah, it's I unbelievable. Had, I reckon we've had 40 mils this morning. Yeah, and it's just literally sitting over uh, that eastern part of Sydney. Uh, you go pretty much, uh, get out the sort of Parramatta way and go west and there's nothing. nothing so nothing, no. it, it's extraordinary. Uh, Dean Lester, you know, Melbourne studio. Hello to you, Dino. And not only Sydney was uh, on show, but the sun was out there at Caulfield. And from seeing the pitches through on Caulfield Cup Day, one of their biggest crowds ever, and everyone just feeding off this energy of a spring carnival. doesn't matter where you are, they just want to be at the races. They want to be out and about, Dave. Good morning to you. After a couple of years of lockdowns and not being able to go, uh, they're now showing the appreciation of what uh, what the sport can bring, and uh, and that's what we saw in both states that day, and it was uh, it was fantastic to uh, to witness and... and uh, you know, see, you know, first-hand at Caulfield and then uh, watching uh, the Randwick uh, vision was just amazing. And Glenn Munsey uh, joins us as well. Glenn, good morning to you, mate. You, like Duff, you had the front row seats, mate, to uh, one of the great days at Royal Randwick. Yes, good morning, Dave. Good morning, Ronnie. Good morning, Dean and listeners. Yeah, geez, it's just, just getting bigger, but how, how lucky were they with the weather? Uh, the yeah. rain count at the moment, Duff, uh, 49.5 mils of rain. Wow. At Randwick so far this morning. Here where I am, uh, we're watering. Yeah, that's yeah. right. It's yeah. extraordinary. Zero. It wasn't forecast at all, I don't, I don't think. Mm. Uh, actually, we've broken through the 50 now. That's how, And that's how heavy it is raining at the moment. That's extraordinary. Since we came on air, we've had three mils of rain. So you're, and, and, and you're, you're not that far, really, when you think about it, Munns. You're what, around Oatley Way. So how far would that be from, well, from if, Royal Randwick? If you jumped in your car now, Dave, you can get to Randwick within 30 minutes. So 30 yeah. minutes west of Randwick, uh, it is no rain whatsoever. That's extraordinary. That just shows Let's you. hope it holds out, Dave, till about 2.30 this afternoon. Yes. Uh, let's talk, okay, let's talk about the Tab Everest. Uh, and we'll take your calls too. 13.53.53, if you want to get involved with the conversation, we'll open those lines now. You mentioned Giga Kick. Uh, it was a ballsy decision to pick up the horse and, and, and have him running in a $15 million race, Duff. Uh, how did you assess the race after watching the replay over and over and over? I mean, obviously, his performance was good. I thought Private Eye was outstanding as well. 
He was, and uh, to think he just travelled midfield and uh, kept pace with the race. <clears throat> Private Eye was uh, the first thing when, um, was was positive for him. And when he loomed up, you would have thought nothing could get past him. And the winner had missed the start and tagged through behind as well. So um, I don't think there's too many excuses coming out of the race other than Mazu may have got a length or two further back than expected, and he was terrific as well. Nature Strip wasn't his day. Um, he was exposed, which he can be exposed in, in his races, uh, but he, he, he just was just, when he puts him away at the top of the straight, he's got to put him right away, and when he's just floating that last 100 metres, he's, he's always that little bit vulnerable. Uh, Jackano, unbelievable, um, just couldn't freshen back to the 1200, but he was motoring through the line, so I think they'd be over the moon with his performance, and, you know, and the, and the rest battled along okay there, but... Uh, it's all all about the winner um, and the performance and the the, the theatre of it. And I, I think I think you, they, uh, Rocket said that you had something to do with giving a tick off for this horse, Dino. Uh, yes, I I did. Uh, uh, Ron, yeah, um, was asked an opinion of uh, James Heron and his team, and uh, I was pretty comfortable that uh, it'd be Private Eye or him at that stage, and and it was. I thought if it came up wet, it would be better probably to, to go with Giga Kick, but uh, he was he was amazing. The, the one thing I thought he would really appreciate would be a fast speed, and the, the two wins he's had down the straight where they've gone slow, he's got onto the bit too early, and he hasn't looked as impressive, but when he got back in the vein stakes off that good speed that Alpha 1 always provides, he was able to really motor, and that was, uh, I think, the one thing in his favour, and that's exactly what... Uh, it's tra- transpired on uh, Saturday. Uh, Dino, uh, give us a bit of an up... Well, not an update, but, I mean, we're going to take some callers very shortly, but Clayton Douglas. Um, Duff mentioned that he was wonderful with his time. He is wa- a wonderful bloke. I've met him a few times, and you wouldn't meet a nicer human being. Uh, his rise uh, in the in the training ranks, obviously he is, you know, he's on the centre stage now. People know uh, who he is. Can you give us a little bit of a... Um, a background to his story for those people that don't know uh, the Clayton Douglas story. Yeah, well, uh, I've known uh, the the family all of my life. Uh, so uh, his grandfather, who passed away before Clayton was even born, was someone that uh, was a bit of a mentor to me. And uh, yeah, Clayton um, certainly uh, everything he's done, he seemed to be able to succeed in a hurry. Like he started off just riding at the picnics, and he conquered that very quickly. And then he went to jumps racing and straight away won a grand annual, won two of them, in fact. And then he got his weight down and, you know, without much uh, fuss, all of a sudden he won a Victoria Handicap on Streets of Avalon. So he's always been able to get things done seemingly very quickly. And uh, it's been much the same in the training ranks. He's, uh, he's been going along really well. I mean, you get a horse like this, this might be the horse of his lifetime and he gets it very early. But uh, what he's done with other horses... He, you know, he's having a good run with a horse called Harmissian, who was really in the wilderness, and he's got him going. Um, uh, yeah, he's uh, just getting the job done, and uh, you know, as you said, he's a you know, terrific young fellow, and you know, just very balanced. And that's what you've got to be to be a successful trainer and take the, the good with the bad. Exactly his father, exactly. his father trained three, didn't he? Grand annual winners. Three grand annuals. He's still got that on Clayton. Uh, yes, uh, yeah, he won. Two with Hokie and one with Miracle Star. So uh, he, um, yeah, Vic, uh, Victor uh, 
certainly had success as a trainer and Uncle Rocket had his license for a while and trained uh, a few stakes winners, so Stan Dan Guinea's winner and a Carbine Club winner. So, uh, yeah, they've all had uh, success as trainers uh, right through for 50 years. Well, where's his limit, this horse, boys? Because he doesn't turn three until Wednesday. That's it. Uh, you know, is he, uh, we were talking about yesterday on Melbourne Radio, is he going to go on a, a Buddy Franklin sort of deal, a five-year deal uh, into the Everest? Because he's a, a gelding. Can he, <laughs> can he go on a long-range contract? Yeah, exactly right. So uh, he's, uh, yeah, he's, he's the future. We were sort of thinking... Yeah, on Saturday going in, is this the last time we'll see Eduardo and Everest and maybe even Nature Strip? But mm. uh, all of a sudden you're seeing what's coming through and Giga Kick at three, Private Eye at five, Marzu at four, all geldings. Uh, you know, Jack and I might even have one more go, who knows? But yeah, uh, yeah it's, uh, it's fantastic to see that, uh, that little changing of the guard on Saturday. Just before we get to our, our first caller, Duff, there's just a couple of texts here, you know, and, and it's quite you know, app that we're talking about, the future. Really, you know, Marzu and Jackano from a, a futures perspective, maybe not a betting prospect at this stage, but just from a future Everest and, and, and as horses, they really put their hand up to say they're, they're up there in, in this league, aren't they? Oh, definitely. Um, Jackano... Marzu's locked in for next year, isn't he? Yeah, I think yes. so. Yes. I think it is a double yeah. deal, yeah. 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 Jackano's a different story. He's been purchased as a stallion, so... Yep. He get another season or so out of him, um, and maybe he's not a twelve hundred metre horse. Uh, he's more fourteen, I would think. Looking at Saturday, but um, yeah, it's exciting. What, what, what about this? I don't know if it can run twelve hundred metres. But it looks a sprinting sensation as for her. <laughs> um, what, yeah, what's the... she's. I don't know if she will, but uh, she'll be given a chance maybe in twelve months' time. Uh, I think uh, first stops the Oakley Plate uh, in February, and then. Uh, she's a beauty. She should be unbeaten. She was at the end of her mm. campaign when she got narrowly beaten at Caulfield last preparation and she nearly fell at Mooney Valley two runs back and then one on Saturday. So she should be unbeaten and, yeah, she's very, very good. Let's get to our first caller, guys, and you can get involved with the show. 1353 is the open line number. Uh, Gus is on the line. G'day, Gus. Good morning, um, panel. How is going? Very good, mate. What's your question or comment? I've got a, um, a couple of raffles that the TOB's had recently, the $5 tickets for the Kosciuszko and the $10 Calcutta for the Everest. I was just wondering if it's public knowledge how many tickets were sold in the um, the $5 tickets were sold and then what was the starting pool for the Calcutta for the Everest, just to know what our odds are compared to, say, Powerball. Yeah. Oh. Uh, well, How many the, tickets the Kosciuszko tickets, tickets, what they want to do is sell enough tickets to cover the prize money of the Kosciuszko. So the Kosciuszko was originally a $1.2 million race, so they had to sell 240,000 tickets. Uh, they oversubscribed the last couple of years, but remember this year the prize money was bumped to $2 million. Mm. And, they went close, uh, didn't they? They went close. Yeah, they, yeah, they went close. Uh, and as regards to the Calcutta, that wasn't a tab Calcutta on no. uh, on Friday. That was a Racing New South Wales production, and I've got no idea uh, how many tickets were sold or, or what the pool was or anything because I wasn't there. I think a hundred thousand. Uh, someone was saying to me a hundred grand, uh, roughly, for the Calcutta. But yeah, that was a uh, that was the that was a business lunch, wasn't it? On. Um, yeah, they call it the Friday. Sydney Business Luncheon. Yeah. Uh, and it, I, I think you'll find the first year of the Kosciuszko, 
there was actually a Calcutta on that day, and it mm. may have been on the Cal. It may have been on the Kosciuszko. In fact, I think it was, and and I think the starting pool in the um, in the Calcutta that day was, I think, from some of the uh, the oversubscription of the ticket sales. Mm. I've got to give a shout-out to the Royal Oak there at Double Bay. Um, myself and Luke were involved in that Calcutta Friday afternoon. It was absolutely packed, and they got uh, 60,000 in that particular pool. I think um, 25,000 Nature Strip went for. Giga Kick, I think, went for 3,000. Uh, and, and um, yeah, great to see so many people. And great to see so many young people as well coming up and finding out about what a Calcutta is and talking about the race. Thanks for your call, Gus. John's on the line. Good morning, John. Good morning, everybody. Look, I'm at ride here, and the rain is just a little drizzle. It's incredible. Um, for those who don't know, ride northwest of Sydney for interstate listeners. And it's quite amazing, all the rain they're getting at uh, Randwick. Uh, the reason for my call is that uh, I was taken with night's orders running the Caulfield Cup. It reminded me of Delta Blues way back in 2006 when you had to be on the fence that day and Aqua de Moor led and Torquay got around it. But coming to the turn, Delta Blues was passed by, um, you know, a lot of horses but gathered them in the, up in the straight and uh, it had back me um, Tuesday all over it. Well, this horse, Knight's Order, wasn't as eye-catching as uh, Delta Blues, but boy, oh boy, it looked gone to me on the turn and uh, it just kept going. And two-mile wet track Tuesday, um, I think it's a big chance. What's the comments there? I thought it was a good run. Uh, I, thought, I was surprised he went as steady as he did in front and I think that's why the horses out-sprinted him off the bend. But uh, you're right, he, was, he certainly outstayed New Mary into the line. He was tough and... Uh, yeah, you know what you're going to get. I think the wet track would help, uh, but yeah, it looks as though everything's been aimed at the Melbourne Cup because I thought if Saturday was his grand, you know, grand final or a real aim, they'd have gone out a lot harder than they did in front. Mm. Thanks for your call, mate. Uh, appreciate that. Um, John, let's get to Ray now. G'day, Ray. Morning, fellas. Um, What's on I your mind? Bag. I don't like bagging people, but Bowman's ride on Waterford was a shocker. He should. He didn't do any form on the race. If he had to watch the way Berry rode it, and it's two the two or three wins, it always came down the outside. It's a slow mover getting out of the gates, and he was running second last. And I was happy the way he drew out wide. I thought he won't get into trouble. Next minute, Bowman's starting to take in, in in the middle of the pack, and there's about eight or nine horses around him. He couldn't get a go at them. You know, we've all had a lot of money on it, our group, and uh, it was a very disappointing ride, I thought. And the, I know the connections are very upset. Any comment there on... Um, yeah, nothing on went right for him. Yeah, nothing no. went right there. He maybe should have popped outside them. He was only one horse to come around, and the stewards have uh, identified that. If you look at the stewards' report, they, they agreed there may have been a, a judgment error there. And he was back to 1,300 metres, so that, that wasn't ideal. But, um, yeah, he would have finished off very, very well there. But, um, yeah, I, I, I can't disagree. All right. Uh, thank you for your comment, Ray, there. Let's get to Mark now. G'day, Mark. Um, yeah, I, I, I can't Hello, Mark. Right. Hello. Might, uh, Mark, if you're listening, mate, because uh, I can hear that radio in the background, I want you to turn the radio down, Mark, if you're still there. Oh, sorry. Um, you're all right, mate. Can you hear me? I can hear you loud and clear, mate. What's your question? Yeah, mate. Sure. Oh, hello. Can you hear me? <laughs> I can hear you, mate. But you've got to turn that radio Take down. Everyone else. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. You're all right. 
Yeah, sorry, madam. Here, look, um, last Thursday night I spoke with a, a, a punter and a foreman list. 60 years he's been at this caper, and he wanted nothing else on Saturday but giga kick. Well, there you go. And he, his reference point was the class of horse and its weight at weight parades, given in the last two runs, it had carried 56 and 58 and a half kilos and it has yet to turn three by its filing date. And he felt that the race would be decided in the last 50 metres. So I didn't back it. I can tell you plenty did. It ran the worst way with us Giga in the race. Yes. And is that about? Step out. But is that pro- that that that's is like in terms of hold though? How much are we talking hold though, Muns? Because obviously it was twenty one dollars, four point three million. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, thanks for your call there. Did that surprise? Like, what, what were the two? What was it? The worst? No, well, like, I, then... I actually said on Friday. Um, might have even been Thursday. People are looking. They're looking outside, you know, for the favourites, and they say, right, Craig Williams. He's given up going to Caulfield Cup Day on Saturday mm. to come and ride an untested, in inverted commas, three-year-old who's un- unbeaten, goes to wait for age, goes against older horses, comes to Sydney for the first time. Why would he be doing that? And it was, it was the, easily the most popular runner in those horses that were past private eye in the betting. Mm. Uh, let's get to Chris now. G'day, Chris. G'day, guys. Uh Dino, I wanted to speak about Benno, but before that, I rang you guys three weeks ago and I said, where are the three-year-olds in the Everest? And we identified, I think, three potential three-year-olds in secret, Sir Jardin and uh, Best of Bordeaux, as the three most likely. And all of a sudden, now we've got another three-year-old who's come out of nowhere to win the race. Um, I think Bruce McAvaney said it's turned the race on its head. Um, has it turned the race on its head? Are we going to get? Am I going to ring you guys next year, three weeks before the race? Probably. Say, Where are the three-year-olds? Uh, probably because I've been. Can you ring next week? <laughs> <laughs> I've been calling for three-year-olds in this race for three years since since um, the yes, thing yes, Hayes yes. has run well. Uh, oh, yeah. or, or it might have been Rich, uh, Michael Friedman's filly. Anyway, there, there was one that ran mm. fourth there that had none, and I thought, "Geez, oh, good race with three-year-olds, is." And then they've run well, and obviously, yes, 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 has come out mm. and won, and then we've got it again. And I don't think, I think um, this Golden Rose form has to be taken seriously as far as Everest sprinting three-year-olds are concerned, even though Giga Kick didn't come out of the Golden Rose. And, uh, yeah, I, I think it's... In the, we've been saying all year these three-year-olds mightn't be any good. Um, but until the Golden Rose, that's the first probably time they've run proper time. Mm. And uh, they're all, they, we find out they might be all right. So it's a... It's, it's a it's a balancing act, It's a, but it's, I think it's a, three-year-olds add a lot to the race. Uh, thank you very much for your call. Let's get to Robert now. G'day, Robert. Yeah, g'day. How are you going, guys? Good, mate. What's your question? I've actually got a compliment to make to Munzee and the tab staff, if that's okay. Yeah, put the tapes on. Here we go. Oh, yeah, 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 hang on, hang on. Let's get record. Three, what are doing here? Two, one. One, go. <laughs> no, seriously, on Saturday... Um, I had a few sherbets. I was having a bet. I was having a good day, by the way. I backed uh, Rocketing by 
I got Durston. Jeez. I got um, Neodium all up in the front page. And Buying a private island, eh? So I was flying. And long story short, I put a bet on by mistake. I didn't have my glasses on, and I kept pressing three to put a, you know, a little bet on. Instead of putting a $3 bet on, I put $333 bet on. <laughs> it's clearly not my, my style of betting. So I'm on the phone to the tab telling him, please cancel the bet before and I could the race had jumped. So obviously I missed that. But I told them the story and they were kind enough to refund $330 in bonus bets for me. So oh, there you go. Did it win? No. It ran oh, okay. do. I beaten a half head. So yeah. almost would have been best bet of my life. But yeah. Did you 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 place that bet um, via the app? Did you not not a yeah. not a phone bet because yeah they they're usually um, they're not prone to cancel those bets because no, well, there's a two step process when you have the bet. Do you want this bet? I think you know something like that. Uh, I know if it was a phone bet, uh, you, you do have, and if it's a cash bet, you do have a, a window there that you are able to cancel in in that. Um, in that time frame, but uh, yes, it's you know if, if they do the right thing by you, uh, yep. they're entitled to get a wrap. Perfect. Well, there you I'm go. Thank not, you very much. I'm a loyal person to the tab. I don't bet with anyone else. So, but the, the thing was, the app was actually flickering when I was putting the bet on. I, it was a known issue apparently, and I've reset it all and it's fixed it. But it was flickering black and white, and I couldn't see the number three going in. So I just pressed submit, and obviously I pressed it three times. That's what the issue was. So. Um, but anyway, I'm wrapped. You've got a customer for life, so thank you very much. Oh, fantastic. Beautiful. Thanks very much for your call. All right. Uh, nice little plant that was there, Glenn, from you. I hope you're paying yes. him well. Yeah, and um, mate, remember, 10.30, we're teeing off. I'd like to see you there. <laughs> All right. Beautiful. Uh, let's jump down to Caulfield because there's a stack of texts here, Dino, about the Caulfield Cup, um, about Durston. Interesting, too, there's a... I Actually, I did see this video yesterday. Bossy jumps on a, a rival bookmaker and obviously does a bit of a... A review, and he was into a few jocks as well on that. And there's a couple of texts here about that sort of saying, you know, do you guys agree with what Bossy was saying about, you know, Vow and Declare and, and Blake Shin? Was it a mistake that he made? And um, that uh, Jamie Carr believed there were excuses for smoking Romans, but there, you know, were there any excuses? Uh, all on us with the winner. Um, how did you assist the Caulfield Cup, Dino? Uh, well, they went very steady, Dave, for a start. Uh, that was not normal. Corvette Cup fashion, they came down to the post, reasonable gallop, but uh, then they yeah, backed it right off. Um, the questions you asked, Vowen declared, did he make a mistake? I think they had a mindset. He had to run top eight to get his qualifications back for the Melbourne Cup. I think he was ridden in that manner, uh, and I think had he gone forward, yeah, he might have gone close to winning, but uh, he covered a bit of ground and was very good. He's going well again, Vowen declared. Uh, the favourite, Smoke and Romans. I think there were excuses. I think uh, Bossy let Jamie Carr off there a bit light. Uh, just and, and by her own admission, she had excuses. I think he had a beautiful run to the turn, but then every time he went to get momentum, she had to change lanes, and she went from about 10 off the rail to about 3 off the rail. So she was going sideways and not getting any momentum. And as she went in, that was the moment that Durston came out. So it was a real sliding doors moment that Durston got the run on the outside that uh, Smoke and Roman's baby could have angled for. And, and what about uh, just a, a comment on Montefilia? Because obviously we saw her get beaten by Cascadian in Sydney, but um, David Payne, you know, setting her obviously for this Melbourne Cup. He's got a sense of timing with her. Um, that was a much improved run, wasn't it? 
it was a good run. It was a slowly run race and a dash home. And, and because she's a classy mare, I think she was suited to that. If it's a slowly run Melbourne Cup, she's got a genuine chance. If it's a fast run like the last two years, uh, I think that'll find her out personally. But uh, if, it's a, if it's run in a similar vein to how Saturday was run, I think she's a legitimate chance. Looking at the makeup of this market in the Melbourne Cup, outside of the internationals, mind you, yes. um, am, am I getting things wrong? Is he? Is he? Should he be a lot shorter, Stockman, than forty to one or whatever he is? Yeah. I've, I've got him as the best local. Okay. I All think, right. Well, there yeah. you go. Well, yeah. Well, I think. Just... Yeah. He's. I think he's the best local, Stockman. I think he's going really well. Um, he's run. He, he could have well and truly won the Caulfield Cup on Saturday. Yeah. He won the St Ledger instead, but. Uh, he was. Um, he's going really well. Okay, that's a, that's a, that's all I yeah. needed to tick off. That's all we need now. Well, he, he, he's got to run shorter. He's got to run shorter. There, he's thirty-four dollars. Thirty-four. Thirty-four. Yeah. Muns, keep an eye on that, Larry, because I reckon the people listening now might be just throwing something small on on Stockman. Let's talk about him then, because he was good. Fourteen, three hundred and sixty-nine dollars. Perfect. So far today, Dave. There you go. Three hundred and five. That was a very good win, wasn't it? Um, could have been a really big day for proven thoroughbreds. Um, the, what Jamie does with his horses and his owners' stuff, I mean, he's a sensational man in racing. Oh, he is. He's a terrific fella, um, as was his brother. Uh, so, look, he's, he had excuses carrying the big weight in the, in the Metrop. It was slowly run. He was the first one in the pain barrier and had the hide to pull through and get beat less than a length. He got a more genuine tempo there on Saturday and simply monstered and, and outstayed them. I think he's going better than ever, and I think he can't do anything bar... He's no certainty in a Melbourne Cup, but he can't do anything bar run well in top ten for sure. And uh, the timing is perfect for him. So I'm really hot on the way he's going without knowing, you know, a a lot about local form at the moment, to tell you the truth. But Mm -hmm. uh, I know a lot of the horses there and um, bar the two favourites. Give us well, a call, 1353. Um, Sorry, Munn. Yeah, we're all concerned how the Metrop form was going to stand up because they did go across the line pretty uh, in, in, a, in, a, in a pretty solid bunch. Well, it's turned out right after Saturday with, with you know, the Metrop runners go 1, 2, 3 in that race and Durston bounces back to win the Caulfield Cup. Yeah, I think the Caulfield Cup was run similar to the, the Metrop, yeah. but... Uh, but Stockman did have a proper staying test, and that's why I like what he did on Saturday. He's uh, he's uh, he's right on song. Yeah, thirteen hundred and eleven by seven hundred and seven so far now. So there's over a thousand on it since uh, we started talking about. Kosciuszko. Let's talk about the Kosciuszko gents. Uh, and thirteen fifty three fifty three is the open line number. Tyler Schiller. It was his birthday on Saturday. The boy from Young. Outstanding to see him uh, achieve that. And Jeff Jiraya. Um, great to have uh, all of his family and the Jurea clan there on Saturday as well. Both top two across the line have run absolute crackers, haven't they, Duff? Oh, yeah. He's a good horse, the winner. He's a very good horse when he's on song. And just that little doubt of not knowing how he was... I'd see he had a wanger out a trial or, or jump out or something, and it was just hard to get a feel for him without an official trial. But I think I may have said on Thursday he might be a, he might be a certainty. Uh, if he's in, if he if he gets that brings that Wagga Town plate form to this race, and that's exactly what he did. Not many leaders uh, won there on Saturday. He did it in close to the rail. He, I thought he was, I thought far too easy was coming to get him at the two hundred. Uh, but 
he's a proper horse. He's a proper horse, especially at that country level, and a deserved winner. Second horse is, was trained to perfection, set up perfectly, had his chance, and Fender, Very much he's, so. run, he's run boldly. So uh, just a proper horse to win mm. I think, too, um, just on that, uh, we saw Craig Williams come to town, get giga gig home. James Orman, he's a leading rider there in, um, in Brisbane. He rode that horse a treat, that second horse, far too easy. You know, he rider of the day. Yep, yep, I backed him, and I was very comfortable with the ride yeah. um, at the top of the straight there, and I thought, hello, um, you're going to get a big result here, son, but um, he just ran into the wrong horse. We've got David on the line. G'day, David. Hello, David, you there? Yes, can you hear me? Yes, mate, uh, take it away. Yeah, um, I was just wondering, if there was a scratching at the gate during the, at the Everest, what happens then? With the well, and that. Good question. What was that, sorry? No, if there was a scratching at the gate during, uh, at the Everest, like the Everest race itself, what happens with the spot holders then? Like, we're lucky that um, lost and running got scratched in the morning. So yeah, well, well you, can't, you can't have a replacement runner because the replacement runners have already gone round in the Sydney Stakes, which is an earlier yeah. race on the day. Something As regards to y- y- your 600000 investment... Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know the terms and conditions of w- what happens with the slot holders there, but you can't you can't replace the runner. It's too late. No, hmm. I think the money would be gone though, wouldn't it? That's just the, the luck of the draw, wouldn't it? Yep, you can't win every time. No, you have a barbecue Sunday and have a few drinks and cry about it. That's about <laughs> <laughs> I don't know they'll be having barbecue. Uh, um, Dan and Woolamaloo. Uh, let's get Rod on the line. G'day, Rod. Hello. Uh, I'd we... just like to ask a, que- a general question of yes, interest. Mate. Did Craig Williams have to waste to get down to 53? And second is, do you think that our horse could be as good as Manicato at this stage? Whoa. Oh, well, <laughs> he's, uh, he, didn't have, he wouldn't have to waste. He'd have just had to watch his weight, but he wouldn't have to do it too hard. 53, no. Uh, this time of year, he can ride as light as 49 and a half. Yeah. Manicato. Manicato. <laughs> well... Pretty special yeah. effort what he did on Saturday, and uh, but uh, yeah, totally different Manicato. But the stage of won a Blue Diamond, a Golden Slipper, and Ascot Vale Stakes, uh, Vic Health Cup. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so did we, did he, we, he had a different profile. Yeah. Do we know the ratings to come out of this race, boys? In terms of, like, let's say if Nature Strip wins, um, you know, we're probably all going, oh, it's the the, the world's highest rated, you know, race. Uh, sprint race, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Because this horse is now one, does that bring the peg back a little bit because of what he's achieved as a horse, or is it still you know rated up there highly, uh, and and not worried about you know what the winner's achieved in its past? If that makes sense, what I'm saying. Well, it's only time was going to tell that, and uh, you know I do. As far as how this race is rated, I believe you know I'm sure we'll read Daniel O'Sullivan or, yeah. or Vince Accardi or even Dino might have an opinion early. He might have looked further into it, but um, or on the times, yeah, it was very comparable, about four and a half lengths above uh, standard. How how wow. Vince Accardi standardises them, um, but then if you're going by handicap uh, ratings, etc., he got five and a half kilos off Private Eye, so Private Eye should come out of the race with the highest rating uh, yep. theoretically. Perfect. Uh, let's get to our next caller. Thank you very much, David um, and Rod. Uh, Swampy's on the line. G'day, Swampy. G'day, boys. How are you, mate? The Dino, please. Yes, mate. Yes, Swampy. Dino, did we cut the line or was it the wet track? 
Jewai an inspirational girl? For Jewess, um, I would keep the faith an inspirational girl. Didn't uh, settle for a 2400, so we, we, if she comes back in the autumn and races over shorter, she might be okay, but uh, at the moment we'll cut the line, I think. Keep the faith in Jewai. I thought she was okay on Saturday. I'm, I'm banking on her being a lot better at Flemington. Bowman's taken the ride in the cup. I see that, yeah. Yeah, that's a big little tick, isn't it, boys? Oh, well, I don't think Josh, Josh does too much wrong. Jeez, no, I no, but very, very hardcore. <laughs> no, but, but no, no, I'm not saying that. I'm more saying mm. that, you know, the fact that, there you go, one of the leading riders, Huey, wants to jump on, um, has to give an indication of that there must be some confidence with him and Cheers. Well, there's not many in his weight bracket to be finished no. in, the, in the cup weights. Um, and he has, he has success on her. Yeah, won the Oaks. Did he ride yeah. it in Brisbane? Yeah, he rode oh, it in Brisbane. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right on the Oaks. He was uh, the original jockey. Because I'm sure he won on it at Warwick Farm before she went to the Adrian Knox and the, and the Oaks here. And the Oaks. Yeah. Uh, thank you very much for your call. Um, here's a text on the text line. Hi, guys. I was on We Own a Smart One on Saturday in the Sydney Snakes. What did you make of the run? This was a good little blanket finish. I mean, rocketing by gets a huge result for David Pfeiffer, Duff. But uh, this We Own a Smart One, he, he can do this. this I, I'm really excited to see what he does with... Um, uh, her name eludes me, but that uh, horse is going to start first up in the Golden Eagle. He's, he has she these plans. Him. That's it. He has these plans, doesn't he, Duff, uh, David Van Dyke? And he's a very good trainer. Well, yeah, you, you know he wouldn't have bought that horse here in, unless he thought he'd run well, and he did exactly that. He's got a, a sharp little record, winning record, and um, he ran boldly there. He was close up at the finish, and uh, that was an upset result. He just a bit drier track for rocketing by, and he put his best foot forward, and Bit of a bunch finish there. You could you know, make cases for a few of them. Wahaha 4 was good. Wait for age. Uh, first up 1,200. There was a lot to like about uh, his performance in the race. And, um, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a tricky one. Brutality is um, <laughs> air, just airborne. <laughs> just think he stayed at 1,200 and still did that. Yeah. yeah. yeah he's, uh, he was the eye-catcher. He's got a, the gong certainly the race for him, isn't it? I think. And they've been saying it all along. Oh, have they? Okay, good. Uh, Joe's been saying it all along. The gong, the gong, the gong, and that's so the he, How does he get there? I was just looking at the calendar. There doesn't look a lot between now and then. Yeah, I don't know. Is does he have so, to run in the nature strip at 13 and get run off his feet but charge again? Maybe he, maybe he will. He keep him at the top keep level. Him, and Keep him sharp. Yeah. Yeah. Joe might be listening, Dino. Joe might be listening. Going, I'm, sure on, Joe, tell us. <laughs> he's, he's, I'm sure he's got a plan. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. Very much so. Glenn's on the line. Loving these calls this morning. Get involved with the show. 135353. G'day, Glenn. How are we, guys? I'm well, mate. How are you? Yeah, good. Yeah, live down here in Albury. So it was um, good to see Front Page win there on the weekend and um, listen to the interview with Craig Williams yesterday morning and how he pestered that James Heron into getting um, the help getting that horse into the uh, ever so I reckon that was that was that was a good story. Great story, mate. Uh, great story. Yeah, no, that, that, yeah. So I just with all the local boys down here at Albury, they've got a share in front page and all the boys celebrating. It was uh, it was good for them with um, what they've had to endure the last couple of years through injury and all that. Yeah. Well, he finally got there. And the plan uh, this time, I think, um, uh, I can't remember the stables that he was at, uh, but he came up on Thursday, Duff. He stayed the night Thursday night. 
Um, and it was just great to see Jeff after the race. Um, you know, he was he was very proud of his horse and the family history too. About you know the fact that they've had that mare, Stacey Lee, and what she's done for that uh, particular family. Um, I think yeah, fantastic. Which we touched on before. Thanks for your call, Glenn. Let's get to Matt. G'day, Matt. G'day. I just uh, I'm a bit of a distressed punter here. Um, I haven't been this distressed since Tom Melbourne. But what do we <laughs> think about Selby '66? What are we going to oh. do with him? I mean, heavy he had such a good spring, but uh, not autumn. Spring, I mean, autumn. But um, yeah. now, I just, I, 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 I reckon if I go off him, he'll win. But if I stay on it, it'll, it'll keep going the way it's going. <laughs> yeah, well, he's just he hasn't performed so far this prep. Daddy said he needs racing. He needs racing. He needs racing. So. And he probably needs it much wetter than what he, what he uh, you know, he wants it wetter, we'll put it that way. Yeah. It's often hard, though, when horses duff, when they, when they win yeah. their biggest race, to win another race even, you know. Like, yeah. you know, once he, he won he the Galaxy, it was a great result. Exactly. It's, it's very hard then to, to find the next race. Yeah. Thank you for your call, uh, Matt. Now, text here about uh, the ethereal. On Saturday. Now, we spoke about Renaissance Woman on this program. Um, Bjorn's been talking about Renaissance Woman as well, uh, this filly. Now, um, Dino, what did you make of the ethereal? Foxy Cleopatra, um, they, they took off together, these two, and I thought the, the top three across the line all ran very respectable races. Yeah, I think the first two, personally. Uh, Pavitra's sixth run of her preparation ran her heart out, but uh, at the end, I think the other two were you know really strong staying performances and uh yeah i like the timing of renaissance woman she was only third up on saturday and uh she'll be better at flemington too i think and um you know it uh, it looks like the uh the sydney form will be well to the four come oaks day i think any comment there duff on renaissance because i know you were you've been you've had an eye on her yeah yeah she's, quite, she's had it written all over her from um even last preparation so yep uh, her run was I think we said it the other day, she may have been beaten a long way, but it was a very, very good run. And, and she's just got a set of lungs on her that uh, should hold up. But you've got to give it to the second filly as well. Mm. Um, she's early. You know, she hasn't, she's lightly raced. And uh, she's done a good job to lift to that level so quickly. But I just think maybe Renaissance Woman two season for them. Yeah, I, I think if Foxy Cleopatra gets through, that'll be the query. She... She's just all legs at the moment. Yeah. Not much of her. Like she's going to be a beautiful filly or mare in time. But uh, I just, yeah, I just wonder if Renaissance Woman's got that that bit more seasoning on her at this stage. All right. So thank you very much for all those texts. Keep them coming. You know, four one nine seven six seven two seven two. We've got another caller here, Neil. Good day, Neil. Morning, boys. Um, I've got a question. I hope it's not a stupid one. And if it is, then I'll blame the bloke that put it to me. <laughs> Um, if you've got a good colt, but you just think he's going to make a great gelding, and can you take straws from that colt before he's gelded? I've never heard of it, but is it possible with the Australian stud book? No. No. No? No, because you can't have EI. Uh, what's it called? Uh, not EI. Yeah. Um, AI, AI. Artificial insemination. Right. It was yeah. a dumb question. I'm going to have a crack at him now. <laughs> uh, they do it. They no. use the straws and the trots. No, no, trots. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and, and the, dogs and they do straws as well, don't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Greyhounds massive. Like you, you can get straws of the dogs that have passed away. Uh, yeah, 
do they do AI? Is it is that across the world? Do they, is anyone else in the world that does AI for thoroughbreds? Not I don't know about thorough, yeah, I'm not sure about thoroughbreds. No. Okay. Right. Thank you very much for your call, Neil. Um, Mark's on the line. G'day, Mark. G'day, Doug. G'day, boys. Uh, before I talk to Dino about the, the Cox Plate, I just wanted to mention to Ronnie about far too easy on Saturday. Oh, what a brave run. And I know I talked about it a few months ago when she was coming through the grades you know, last year. But uh, she tried his best. And uh, it was good to see that uh, you had a bit of hooking him up on Thursday night at Formline. And uh, he didn't sort of let us down. It was a uh, week by a better horse on the day, but it was a great run, mate. Yeah, well, you were the one that put me onto him early. And I actually got a call from some fellas I think Mick Price, they must know Mick Price and and uh, Mick Price given my number the, the slot holders and I put them onto this horse, Trevor and um, David and his and, um, he's mate and his father. I hope there's a sling duff I hope there's a sling uh, no, well, <laughs> but yeah we didn't win but they still got it, they had a marvellous day and uh, and really enjoyed it and they, they were very complimentary to Dave, David saying he had a, he really Give them a good day as well, but they really had enjoyed that, and I got a kick out of putting them into a horse that run well. You know, it was good too, boys. Um, and we see it all the time at Royal Ramwick. Coming out of uh, Ramwick, uh, a bit glassy eyed I was on Saturday, but here in the cab line, the long cab line, Gary Colvin and David uh, McCall just standing there in the cab line, minding their own business. And I said, Dave, what are you doing, man? I thought you would have got the chopper home. He said, No, no. I'm taking the beautiful wife out for dinner. I think they enjoyed themselves in Sydney town, and so they should. They were a lovely couple. Uh, as in everyone involved with that Kosciuszko, when we did that tour, everyone was so just, you know, keen to invite us into their stables and, and, and talk about their horses. And just like all the city trainers as well, you really get a, um, uh, an understanding of how much they love their horses. It's, I mean, that horse all too hard with David and, you know, the fact that he was a pest controller turned horse trainer, and uh, he is just, yeah, he was. they were just on cloud nine, so that's outstanding stuff. We're going to take a quick break, 9.50 on Sky Sports Radio. Have you having a fantastic morning, whatever you're up to. We'll be back with the horses to follow and maybe a few more calls on 13.53.53. You're listening to Sky Sports Radio and Punter's Postmortem. Yeah, you most certainly are. You're with Ron Doversy, Dean Lester and Glenn Munsey this morning on Punter's Postmortem. And uh, we still mentioned the Sydney form in Melbourne, there's a couple of texts here about a very fine red, uh, which got the bob. Dude, there was a few tight finishes there on Saturday, weren't there, at Caulfield, Dino? Yeah, Matty Hill certainly earned his money and uh, a very fine red. It was a good win. I thought it was a terrific ride from an inside draw, just uh, uh, where he didn't want to be, just angled as best as he could, Josh Parr, and, and was able to get there right on the line. But uh, I thought that race would be uh, dominated by the, the two Sydney mares, and, uh, and so it proved, I think... Uh, the uh, second mare, Duff, uh, she's going places, uh, Shell Star. Even though she was just off a highway, she's uh, a lot better than that. Yeah, look, I, I sort of went into the race thinking, well, we've got a very fine red who's got proper Saturday form and, and highway form, and I thought they're both $5, but Shell Star overachieved there, and she might be headed for better things because um, uh, she's uh, got a good-looking record now, and she measured up there on Saturday. So, yeah, they, they, they were both pretty good. Just another one, Dave, we found in uh, early doors. Uh, yeah. A very fine red. She was in our uh, punters panel multi. Uh, her first run back from a spell, that was a benchmark 78. She started $10 in that race. Uh, got nutted for fourth that we needed her for the multi. Uh, she only goes to a listed race her next run and wins at half the price. 
Right, uh, boys, so what I about the, the five? Told oh, the sorry, stories. <laughs> oh, I got another one from that. Um, what about uh, Ellsberg? Uh, we talk about horses that have gone to another level. We, we knew this bloke was good. Uh, obviously, dead heats the Epson there, but that was just a, a, another great run. There's something about Avdala in this horse. I know that Brenton's been doing a bit of work with him at home, but they seem to click here, Duff. Uh, he's a lovely horse. He's a, he's a lovely big stallion who got a great attitude, a great racing style. Give him a little jar out of the track, he excels. You know, he has to have a crack at 1,800 now, so that could be another pain barrier for him. But uh, you can't knock, you know, he's dedicated in an Epsom and uh, everything went according to script there on Saturday as far as that's how the race was supposed to be run and it was run and he delivered as a solid favourite. Um, I think he's flying Sabark. Rebel Rama's underrated it and was off the track all the way. He's still got more to offer. And, uh, yeah, yeah, he's a nice horse, Ellsberg. Well, what about um, back down to the um, to the 10th? Uh, text here about um, Aegon and Bandersnatch. Gee, Andrew Forsman, a good day out, didn't he, too, at Caulfield, Dino? Three, three winners. Uh, outstanding, won the Group 1 in New Zealand. He had a massive day, Andrew Forsman. He's been cleaning up over here in recent weeks, uh, hitting the mark, and... Uh, yeah, he got the money with Aegon. Uh, it was uh, no shock if you watched its first up run in New Zealand he, that uh, he brought him here and he got the money because uh, he was in the worst ground first up and, they, and ran well and uh, he, he did a good job on Saturday. Uh, Bandersnatch, Munz, you're adamant that he's uh, top of the ground horse. If that's the case, yeah. he's low flying. Uh, that was a terrific run on, on shifting ground anyway. Yeah, well, he, he has got... He has... You know, he has got uh, good runs on the wet, but I think he's just yeah. so much better on the dry. Well, well, th- that track improved throughout the day, Dean, because Durston could be in that category as well. Exactly, you know, he just yeah. wasn't wasn't at his absolute best in the Metrop. And we, we, we said it the other day, you talk about Montefilia. Now, she's failed a couple of times on very wet at Randwick. Yeah. But yeah, she's won on a very wet way. track at Rose Hill. Yeah. Yeah, it's certainly different. And uh, really, uh, all, you know, the only jockey I heard that day that, offered up an excuse that the track was too wet was Brett Preble on Greathouse in the Corfield Cup. Everyone else seemed to think it was pretty good. So, uh, yeah, maybe that was the case that it dried to such a state by race 10 and opened up that Bandersnatch got a grip of the ground. Yeah. Now, speaking about tracks, Ronnie, you and I were discussing Randwick right throughout the day, mainly time-wise compared to, you know, tracks that had been rated a, a soft seven with similar penos. They were running much, much quicker time. And I sent a, I sent a message to Mike Wood, and, and I said, Look, did you actually cut it a bit shorter the, uh, on, on Saturday? Because they, they cut it a couple of times during the week. And he said, no, it was actually a fraction longer. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was cut to four and a half inches on Friday, but it dried down significantly from Friday to Saturday with a 10% reduction in the soil moisture from the top 50 mils, uh, millimetres of the track. So, you know, the, the track seemed to be playing time-wise much, much better than what the ratings were uh, on, on Saturday. Well, lo and behold, they've only had 56 mils of rain in the last 12, less than 12 hours at Ramwick. Yeah. And since the show started, 11.3 mils of rain at Ramwick. Yeah, that's going to put them a setback for Saturday. But um, the forecast is not as bad as it was yesterday, but about no. this week. Well, mind you, though, I mean, I know um, that we we were only expecting in that early forecast when we were on sun on Saturday. They were still saying last Friday there would be a bit of you know moisture around, and then all of a sudden, bang, with that wind and that sun, 
I remember you put that video out, um, Duff. It was blowing yeah. a gale um, in was. your front yard. So, I mean, any, not saying they don't know, but it just anything's possible. There's some weird stuff going on with the weather. Uh, yeah. Speaking and, of... And, the, and, and they will tell you, if you get that amount of rain that quickly, yeah, it's nowhere near as bad as if you got that amount of rain over a two- or three-day period because it hits the ground and goes. 100%. We've got to, to a couple of races, well, a couple of good races on Saturday. Uh, we've always got the Spring Champion Stakes. Interesting to see um, what happens there with that field uh, because um, you've got uh, what, what's your current favourite there, Muns? Uh, elliptical. Um, elliptical. That's the Melbourne horse. Blake yep. Shin's coming to town to ride in at three dollars fifty over the Graham Rogerson's horse. Sharp and Smarts at four fifty. Osipenko out of the uh, same race as Elliptical in Melbourne at six. Williamsburg, who comes out of the Sharp and Smart race at Warwick Farm at six dollars. Matcha Latte, who comes out of the Warwick Farm race, and she's extreme. Both $8 a pair there and then $11 for Promito. You wouldn't think Renaissance Woman, because this is only a pre noms market. They, yeah. uh, the noms are taken today for the spring champion. I uh, think just... also Penko will be highly unlikely. Yeah, been... okay. Chris Waller mentioned on radio with us yesterday that uh, he might even be already in the paddock. Oh, okay. And, and what about uh, is there much money around for Renaissance Woman on a backup month? No, she wouldn't uh, come back. There's no, no way she the wouldn't come back, Dave. She's, there's more Eyes money the... for her in the Oaks, put it that way. Where okay. she, in the Oaks, she's the $6 equal favourite uh, with Foxy Cleopatra and So Dazzling, $6 each of three. All right. Uh, and we also get that fantastic race. I mean, that was brilliant to have the, the Tap Craig recently. We get the calendar present. I think there's a special on this week, isn't there, with, um, with uh, uh, Max Presnell and also... Mr. Callender as well. So I think that will be on Sky Thoroughbred Central, I think after form line Thursday. Don't quote me on that, punters, but I've seen some ads floating around uh, during the last week. So there'll be a bit of a special, and I think the two of them are, are getting together, Ken Callender and Max Presnell. Um, and what have we got there? Golden Mile as Gold your 280 favourite there. Zoo Tiger 350, Communist and She's Extreme, eight a pair. And Pericles, who was enormous the other day, the good old from runner. At $11. Okay, fantastic. Uh, we need some horses to follow, gents. Uh, firstly, Duff, what are we backing? Um, I, don't think any, I don't think anyone missed Call Die. I think she more work in progress maybe for the autumn, but she might pick up a, a win on the way through. He's very green, but uh, talented and very well bred. We all agree with brutality. And is there a 2,000-metre race? What's the 2,000-metre mare's race for Honey? Yeah, the Matriarch. You know, Matriarch. That might... That might yep. be a race she'd Absolutely. run well. Even Gin Martini might run well at big odds in a race like that. Yeah. Paul, uh, Dino, your horses to follow? Uh, yeah, we've got a race on on Saturday too, the Cox Plate. It's not a bad race. Um, <laughs> as for, uh, where do they run it? Where do, uh, where do they run it? The Valley. Now. Did they get the much city. flooding there? It's no the longer Mooney Valley, it's The Valley. Oh, The Valley. The yes. Valley. Um, flooding at Mooney Valley? No, not, no, no, more, no. Yeah, okay. more, more down towards the river. Yeah, okay. the valley's on. They a got a bigger ground. wall around it. Oh, don't start! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> don't mention the wall. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as Fira will follow her right through. I think she'll be an Oakley Plate chance. Uh, whether she runs again this spring, I'm not sure. Out of the same race, Dragonstone was in the wrong spot. Heard Mark Newnham say he's coming back for a thousand meter race. Melbourne Cup Day at Randwick. That'd be ideal for him. And, yeah, we've mentioned brutality. And what about yourself, Glenn? What's your horses to follow? Yeah, well, I'll leave Call Die out because it's hard to butter up when you're on at the 50s yeah. on Saturday. But, um, <laughs> no. Actually, Gerald just texts me. It's, uh, she's on the way to the paddock. 
Beautiful. Uh, I think uh, keep on the back of Kiss Some. I thought he was very good there on Saturday. Yeah, it was huge. Uh, first run back in that, that Silver Eagle. Sacramento, a horse that Ronnie was talking about. He's just desperate for dry tracks. And <clears throat> a race where he can dictate rather than be dictated to. And I thought Cavalier Charles was very good. He hasn't had, you know, a great deal of tests out in town. Cavalier Charles, he's, he's still, he's a six-year-old. He's only had 14 runs in his life. Uh, but I thought he was very good second run back there in, uh, in the Kosciuszko Saturday. And some real old, hard country, country horses. Fantastic, boys. It was a great weekend on Saturday. Great that uh, you could be a part of the show today on Punters Postmortem. Enjoy your week ahead. Let's hope uh, the rain today doesn't affect Ramwick too much. And enjoy Cox Plate Day as well, Dino. We're going to see uh, that cracking weight for age race. And, yeah, again, another two big race events and hopefully some big crowds at both venues. Fantastic. Thanks, Dave. Yeah, and Robbie Dolan singing horses, I think you'll find. He is. Uh, yes, Dale he is. Yeah. Yeah, Dale yeah. Dale's uh, trained off the last couple of years, so <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's time for some new blood. And Muns, yes. Uh, I was just going to say that, Dave, uh, tomorrow's Orange meeting has been transferred to Bathurst. Yes. And Saturday's Mudgee meeting has been transferred to Cowra. Okay, so, so Cowra there for the Mudgee. West there. Perfect. So you're off to Bathurst. All right, and we've got Musselbrook today, tomorrow Bathurst, Grafton, Warwick Farm Wednesday. Um, and that's going to be interesting to see what Warwick Farm is like Wednesday because they haven't copped any of this rain. Well, we've had this six morning. this morning, Dave. Yeah, so that will be very interesting. And then we've got uh, what's going Friday, Hawkesbury Thursday, and then a big day on Saturday. Have a wonderful weekend, guys. Enjoy. See you, guys. Thanks, Thanks Dave. Dave.